0: As always, it's a privilege and not so much a privilege as well. Uh, you know, I, I'm always thankful for the opportunity to be able to stand behind the pulpit and preach, but I, I do miss my pastor when he's not here. Uh, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you sit in those the seats and you just watch the church service time after time after time. Uh, and then you take for granted. And then when pastors aren't here and they're like, hey, you need to do it all. You're like, okay, Shane, I need a cheat sheet. Literally, I'm, I'm, like the, I'm like the teens. Whenever you teens do the youth service, don't I got a little cheat sheet up there. I'm looking at the order of the service, making sure I don't forget nothing. Um, but I'm thankful for our pastor. Uh, I'm very thankful for him. I'm thankful for Joel, and I'm thankful for this church. Uh, you know, we just had that pie and praise service, and uh, we got something special here, church, and I'm very thankful to be a part of this church. Uh, let's never, ever take that for granted. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I'll have you turn to the book of Mark, chapter 14, tonight. Mark chapter 14, and just to echo what Brother Brian said this morning, I trust everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday, time with family and friends. I've seen that somebody posted on Facebook, you know, you need to fix your scale, set it back 15 pounds for Thanksgiving, but that's completely wrong. What you do is you set it forward because you know you're going to eat too much, and that way when New Year's comes and you make that resolution, you're 15 pounds ahead anyway. Uh, that way you don't have to worry about it, but... Uh, But we had a great Thanksgiving, I'm trusting everyone else did as well. Um, Tonight as I bring the message, um, I don't know how other preachers plan or prepare for messages. I I wasn't trained in a a Bible college or anything else like that. Um, But a lot of times as I'm planning and preparing for a message, what it is is as I'm in my reading or something going on in my personal life or a conversation I've had, uh, the Lord will give me a thought and he'll lay it upon my heart and it's like I just, I can't get rid of that thought uh, no matter what I do. And honestly, going into to this, when Pastor asked me a couple weeks ago to preach, immediately it's like, oh yeah, this is great. It's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Everybody knows I'm a Christmas nut, so I'm like, this is great. You know, I can I can give a, a nice message here and kind of bring this Christmas story into it and everything else. Um, but as I prayed about that and a couple conversations I had, uh, the Lord laid a different message on my heart, and I just couldn't get rid of it. So that's the message we're going to have tonight, uh, and we'll save the other one for another time or something like that. Um, but in Mark chapter 14, as I give the message tonight, I've titled it Getting Back to Christ, a message to the backslider. Um, it's a message that, uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, I'd like to sit here and say I've lived a perfect Christian life. Uh, truth matters, I've definitely been far from that. Uh, there was time in my life when I was probably the biggest backslider of them all. So as we go through this, um, I want you to see the, the different things that we can we can pull out of scripture here. Um, and it's a, it's a topic that's kind of relevant to everyone. Um, it's a topic of that spiritual and fleshly battle that we must face every day. Uh, the theme of backsliding and restoring a relationship to Christ, it's one that we need to keep on the forefront of our mind at all times. Uh, this morning in Sunday school, I was able to teach the, the young children, and we were talking about Elijah and how he was called up in the chariot of fire. And then we also brought in the fact of Enoch. And uh, I think about these guys and how close they must have been walking to the Lord, that the Lord said, I'm just going to bring them home with me. And honestly, that, that thought just sticks in the, in the front of my mind at all times. How close am I really walking to the Lord? Uh, the fact of the matter is everybody in this room could walk a little bit closer to the Lord. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. doesn't matter how long you've been on your spiritual walk in faith. Uh, we could all walk a little bit cro- closer to the Lord. In Mark chapter 14, I'm going to jump down to verse 27 when I start reading here. Um, This is a well-known section of scripture. Uh, It's with Peter and the denial of Christ, and we're going to read it. And as we think about Peter, uh, we know that Peter was a man who walked close to the Lord. Uh, He was right there, right beside him through a lot of uh, Christ's earthly ministry. Uh, And then we're also going to see that our flesh will attack everybody, no matter who they are. So as we begin reading, verse 27 there, um, it says, And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. And after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake to them more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. They came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh him with Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tear ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground, and prayed, that if it were possible the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee, take away this cup from me, nevertheless not what I will, but that what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest thou not watch for one hour? Watch ye and pray. Lest ye enter temptation, the spirit is truly ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, sleep on now and take your rest, it is enough. The hour is come, behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise up, let us go, lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judith, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priest and the scribes and elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goes straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them stood by, drew a sword, and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out as against a thief, with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and ye took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having linen cloth, cast about his naked body. And they laid, the young men laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. And they led Jesus' away to the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes, and Peter followed him afar off, even unto the place of the high priest, and he sat with servants and warmed himself at the fire. Uh, We're going to stop there, and we're going to get into this a little bit, and we'll read on here more in a minute, but uh, the the first point I want to bring out is this reality of backsliding. There is a real thing called backsliding. Um, in this passage, we witness that Jesus is foretelling Peter that he's going to deny him. Uh, and as we look at it, we see that Peter's strongly declaring that he will not. Uh, if we go back over there to those verses in uh, verses uh, 28, he says, But after that I'm arisen, I'll go unto you in Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Peter says, Hey, wherever you go, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to be right there with you, Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in the night, before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But then Peter speaks again, and he spoke more vehemently. He said, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any 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 wise. Likewise also said they all. So um, when I read this, when I was younger, you know, I I skipped over this part. Um, But man, Peter was bold. Uh, he was bold in everything he said. This is, this is the creator of the universe. He's already witnessed all the miracles that Jesus can do. And Jesus is saying, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me. He goes, uh-uh, no, I'm not. I mean, if you think about that, I mean, that's, he's telling, he's telling God, no, I won't. Uh, I don't have that kind of faith. I don't have that kind of boldness. Um, we know that as we analyze this, that Peter was speaking out of his flesh. Spe- Peter was speaking in that moment. And I, I believe with all my heart that Peter loved the Lord. I believe that he loved him dearly. And as, as the Lord's saying this to him, he, he's beginning to reason in his heart, there's no way I could do that. This is my friend. This is somebody I love. This is my master. There's no way I could do this. So he kind of defends himself a little bit. No, everybody else can do that. I'm not going to do it, Lord. I'm not going to do it. Um, and it reminds us that even the most devoted followers can fall. We can stumble. We can fall because we're made of flesh. We're robed in flesh until the day we die. Uh, when I was younger, <clears throat> I went to a teen church camp, and there was a song that they sang, it was a contemporary song, and uh, the, the words start out like this, and it's, it's a man talking, and he says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door but deny him by their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And then he goes on to say, what if I stumble, what if I fall, What if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? And you might be sitting in this very room tonight and you might think, oh, I'm, there's no way. I I read my Bible every day. I pray. There's no way I could fall into this trap, this snare of backsliding. There's no way I could uh, uh, give up what the Lord's given me. Um, And that's exactly what Satan would want you to think. Um, That's what we see Peter begins to think here. He's like, there's no way. There's no way that I could deny Christ. Uh, But if you're here in this building, and you can hear my voice, every one of us is possible of falling back into our fleshly ways. Backsliding is not a process that happens overnight. It's it's a long process most of the time. You don't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to forget all about this Jesus stuff. I'm not going to take part in it no more. Uh, There's no way I'm going to have any part of that church no more or anything else. And I'm going to tell you tonight that if you're able to do that, if you're able to wake up tomorrow and say, I don't want no part of this Jesus stuff anymore— Uh, my friend, I'm not trying to hurt any feelings, but you were never saved. Because if you're saved, you know what the Lord's done for you. There's no way you could just wake up tomorrow and say, I'm going to forget about it all. Um, And the thing about backsliding is, it's one of those things that you got to try to catch it as it starts. Um, you got to be watching for the signs of it. Uh, And it's, it's not going to be apparent at first. It's just going to be little small things. Uh, it's kind of like the, the old story, uh, a little boy sitting at the table with his mom, and he, he's talking to his mom, and uh, she's busy about her life and everything else, and uh, she's trying to cook dinner and everything else, and she's getting food on the table, and the little boy goes, hey, hey mom, are bugs good to eat? And his mom says, don't, don't bother me about that right now. Let's, let's sit down, let's eat, we'll, we'll talk about that later. So they eat their dinner and everything else, and after the dinner, the mother looks at her son, and she goes, no, baby, what did you want to ask me about bugs? And he said, oh, nothing, there was a bug in your soup, but it's gone now. Uh, and, and see, that's the thing. Is, is as funny as that story is. That's what happens. Is we get busy, and the Lord will start to trying to hint to us, like, hey, hey, you know, there's something going on in your life. But we we let the busyness kind of slide in, and that busyness kind of overrides the things of God sometimes, and it kind of pulls us away. And we won't notice it at first if we're not paying attention. And um, the good Lord will give us those signs. It will allow us. Uh, the Holy Spirit will allow us to take heed to those signs. Um, but the thing is, we have to be walking in the Spirit to even see those signs. Uh, if we're walking in the flesh, though, those signs aren't going to appear to us like the way they should. Um, I believe that, once again, Peter's caught up in the moment. Uh, sometimes we get caught up in the moment of things. Uh, and as we get caught up in the moment of things, uh, we, we don't really stop and think about what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us all the time. Um, and once again, this is, this is Peter talking to, to God, And he's saying, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you, Lord. Um, But we see that he he does. Um, Even if we look at the example of uh, back in Genesis, um, whenever we talk about people falling in temptation and and backsliding, uh, and we look at Eve, the very first woman, obviously somebody else that was very close to the Lord. um, And she saw the fruit. She desired the fruit. Uh, Then maybe what she did is she took it off, kind of looked at it a little bit. I don't know if her intention at first was to eat of it. But that, see, that's where it starts, is it starts with a, a simple thing, like, oh, uh, well, maybe it's not that bad. You know, maybe, maybe I'll subjugate myself to a little bit of the world. Maybe I'll let a little bit of the world into my life. And the next thing you know, Eve is like, man, that looks really good, and she takes a bite of it, and she sinned. Uh, same way with us. We, we could take, and we just want a little part of the world sometimes. That just, you know, I'm still gonna go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. I, I'm still gonna do my Bible reading. I'm gonna make sure I get that yearly reading plan done and everything else. But this, this, you know, my buddies, they're going out on a Friday night, you know, nobody from that church is going to know if I go to the bar with them. Nobody's going to know what I'm doing. I'd be all right, you know, um, and, and that's what happens is, is, is we allow that temptation to creep in. It's a slow thing. And then that slow thing becomes something more and something more and something more. Not only that, but when we look at Eve, what happens is she takes the fruit, she eats of it. And then she says, hey, Adam, come take a bite of this. See, the thing is, is when we allow temptation to, to creep into our life and we start to fall away from the Lord, it's normally not just us who's affected. It's the people around us. Uh, we could have Christian friends and uh, Christian family, and we, we allow them to, to see what's going on in our life. And I'm going to be honest, obviously, uh, we all know that, uh, as Pastor said before, you know, Sunday mornings, everybody comes in with a smile on their face. Uh, but what happens Sunday morning before they get to church is how a family really is. Uh, family knows what's going on behind closed doors. Uh, and I'm here to tell you tonight, father, wife, whatever it might be, uh, if, if you're allowing temptation to cl- climb into your life, uh, your husband, your wife, whoever it might be, your kids are seeing it. Uh, and it may not be evident to you at first. Uh, one of the things that I, I've really tried in the last few years is uh, I'm kind of, I am stubborn, I'm hard uh, But whenever I'm not walking with the Lord, I want my wife to tell me. Um, that's why the Lord gave me a help me. Uh, and then we can't be so stubborn that when our wife tells us something, that we, we don't listen. Uh, that's the reason that they're there. Um, and when we start falling out of the way of the Lord, we have, to, we have to take those little hints from the Holy Spirit. Eve ate of that fruit. Uh, she didn't stop there. She drug somebody else down with her. We don't want to drag people down in our sin with us. Uh, falling out of the will of God for your life is a process, and that process begins to take shape. But it begins to take shape not in our minds normally, but in our hearts. It starts in our hearts. Uh, Once again, speaking of Eve, uh, in in her heart, she desired that that fruit. It wasn't in her mind at first. It began in her heart. Because if it was just in her mind, she could have probably blocked that out. But her heart desired it. And then, of course, Satan began to tempt her more and more to the point where she just fell into that temptation. And let me tell you, you're no different than her. You're no different than any other Christian that's walked this earth. Satan wants to get into your heart. He knows what you want out of life. Um, we're we're foolish if we think that Satan's not powerful and that he doesn't know things. He does. He knows how to make a Christian fall. He knows how to to let Christians fall into temptation. And that's what he would love to do. Uh, This falling away from the Lord begins to sever a fellowship with the Lord. Um, And we have to to look at that because I'm going to be honest, in today's day and age, there's a lot of Christians that have lost their fellowship with the Lord. And I'm going to, once again, echo Brian. I got a little nervous because he started preaching today, and he started touching on the subject, and I said, stop right there because you're going to get on my points tonight. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but I'm not talking about falling away as in losing your salvation, because it's not possible. Just as I said, if, if you're saved, you are saved. And I'm not saying that myself tonight. The Lord has said that. We're going to look at just a couple points because I want to get that settled real quick, and then we'll get back into this message This is like, as he said, this part's free, you know? Um, but first, we know that salvation comes from God, not of ourselves. We can see that in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. <clears throat> and second, it's not us who holds on to God. It's him holding on to us. Uh, in James, or John 10, 27 through 30, it says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, "'Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. "'My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, "'and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. "'I and my Father are one.'" Once again, it's not us holding on to God, because I'm going to tell you right now, we're powerless to do so. It's only by by Jesus Christ that we're saved. It's only by Jesus Christ that we are held in that salvation. It's through the Holy Spirit that seals us. Uh, And not only that, but we are saved from all sins, past, present, and future. Uh, Newsflash, none of us were alive when Jesus died on the cross. That means he was dying for your sins that were going to happen someday. Um, Not only that, but after you're saved, that punishment was enough for all the sins that you'll commit throughout your entire life. Hebrews 10.10 says, By the which we are all sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And then verse 14 says, For by one offering he hath perfected them forever that are sanctified. So when I'm talking tonight about this backsliding, and I know a lot of people get this twisted, backsliding is not where you've lost your salvation and you must go get saved again. That's not what backsliding is. Backsliding is where you have severed yourself from the fellowship that you have with the Lord. Um, So if you're saved tonight, I'm not referring to that. Uh, That's not what backsliding is. But this thing of of backsliding, it is a real thing. And I can tell you with 100% assurance that you can 100% lose your fellowship with the lord doesn't matter how long you've been saved there's a reality that all of us can fall into that trap or snare that satan would set for us and we can all become backslidden brings me to my second point tonight there are signs for us to catch on about backsliding we're going to jump back in our scripture here and uh let me see where i left off at here um in verse 52 is where I left off. We're going to jump into verse 53. It says, And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes, and Peter followed him afar off, even into the, the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bare false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain... Bear Certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with his hands, or made with hands, and within three days I will build another without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses against thee? And he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witness? Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, There cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not. Neither understand I what thou sayest. When he went out into the porch and the cock crew, and the maid saw him again, began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them. For thou art a Galilean. And thy speech agreeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the, mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crew crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. Uh, so as we look at what happens here, Peter's uh, denial here, as, as horrible as it is to us, it offers a little bit of hope for us. Um, we can understand that there is this inward disease. And it's called the, the, the man. It's the flesh. Um, and we have warning signs. Uh, the first thing that we see is Peter got a little too confident in himself. Uh, if you were to go back and you look at those verses again in 31, he spake more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will do not deny thee in any wise. Uh, he began to get a little confident. He got a little too confident in himself. Uh, once again, uh, it's pretty self-evident who he's relying on because he's talking about himself. I'll never do this. If Peter would have just stopped for a minute and thought about it, I mean, Jesus was Jesus. I mean, everything that Jesus had done up to this point, uh, Peter could see that this was the Son of God, and the Son of God was telling him, Peter, you, you're going to deny me. Uh, when, when the Lord says something, it's definitive. Um, it's kind of like when, when they ask him, art thou, the, art thou the Christ? And he says, I am. It's definitive. Uh, never do we see Christ throughout any of Scripture say something that's, eh, maybe. Um, it's, it's never a okay, maybe in the middle gray area. It's always definitive. It, it's final. Um, so when, when Peter is sitting there saying, I'll never do it, Lord. I'll never do that. That's not who I am. Uh, if Peter would just stop and thought about it, he would have understood that, God said, I'm going to do it, so I'm probably going to do it. But instead, Peter became self-confident, and I believe he kind of became confident in who he was. And he begins to probably think, well, well look at what I'm doing with the Lord. I'm, I'm serving the Lord great. You know, I'm, I'm his right-hand man, and I believe that Peter really thought that he was uh, the Lord's right-hand man sometimes. Um, time and time again, I think Peter put his foot in his mouth because of that. But we do see that Peter, he, he was right there with the Lord. He served the Lord faithfully. Um, But because of that, he kind of got too confident. Let me tell you tonight that this process of backsliding doesn't just happen because we fall into sin. Sometimes it happens because we get too confident in ourselves. Uh, There's nothing that we're doing that's special. uh, As much as we hate to hear that, um, we're not special. Um, God uses us, and God uses us for great things for his glory. And even if you think about, uh, as I said, those men that walk so close to the Lord, um, it's not because they were somebody special, it's because they allowed themselves to be used of God, and they allowed the glory of God to shine through their life. Um, Peter did some great things for the Lord, and later on in his life, we, we see he did some even greater things for the Lord. Um, but he had done great things for the Lord up to this point, and he had walked with the Lord, he, he was a, a faithful disciple. But at this point, he's kind of getting a little confident in himself. Um, and once again, he, he was a fisherman. I, I mean, I don't think this guy was a little dainty guy. I think he was kind of a bruiser. Uh, I mean, if you think about the way that men had to fish back then, I, I think he was a strong fella. So I think he was, he was pretty confident uh, in himself. And I think that's kind of what, what led to this, this downfall for uh, Peter. The first mistake was he forgot about believing in the Lord and who the Lord was and began to believe in himself. The second warning sign that we see that uh, Peter gave is he kind of, he, he boasts a little bit here uh, in verse 31. He says, if I should die with thee, I will deny thee in any wise. Uh, he, he gets a little bit boastful in his remark there. Um, and then, of course, we also see the other disciples follow suit. Um, you know the thing about being a braggart, uh, especially, I mean, I don't know how it is for women because I'm not one, but uh, for men, if you get in a group of guys, uh, you, become, you become a braggart. And I mean, we could take an instance of football games, you know, uh, well, my team's better than your team and everything else. And uh, we were like, no, there's no way, you know. And uh, that's, I think that's kind of what happens here with the disciples. Peter's like, I'll never do it. And then all the, Peter, uh, all the other disciples are like, me neither, I'll never do it either. See, the thing about it is, is when we become boastful and prideful, it also affects those around us as well. Because Peter's saying, look, I know you're the Lord, and I know you're telling me this, but I'll never do it, Lord. And in retrospect, looking at our own lives, uh, you know, we can look at things that we could be confident in ourselves and become braggarts of ourselves. Well, you know, this is, this is what I'm doing for the Lord. And then it can cause the next person to kind of want to get boastful as well. Um, these are warning signs. Because once again, if we're building ourselves up, it's not edifying to the Lord. It's not building the Lord up. And these are things that lead into this situation of backsliding. Um, Peter says, "I'll still be here when everybody else is gone." But once again, Peter is kind of blissfully ignorant in his own weakness. Sometimes we we get we get ignorant of our own weakness. Uh, God knows more about us than we'll ever know about ourselves. Um, And and that's the problem with Peter is he 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 thought he knew himself better than the Lord knew him. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now the old saying is, uh, "I knew it like the back of my hand." Well. Guess what? The Lord knew the back of your hand before he gave you the back of your hand. Um, you don't know yourself as well as the Lord knows you. So it's a warning sign to look out for, being boastful. And this is the, the final sign here that I, I want to spend a little more time on, and it's in verse 54. Uh, and they, we'll jump back up to 53. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off. You know this, following him afar off. Peter just said, I'll never deny you. I'll follow you to death, Lord. And then we see what Peter's doing. He's following him afar off. He's not right next to him. He's not by his side. Um, Today's day and age, it's not popular to follow Jesus. It's not popular to follow the way of the Lord. Uh, matter of fact, it's getting to the point where if you follow the Lord, it's just you, you, you have a whole lot of hate in your life uh, when it's the exact opposite. The, the closer you follow the Lord and the more you care about the world around you and you see the lost dying around you and you just want them to come and know the Lord, they see it. Well, you won't tolerate me the way I am. You're right, because the Lord won't tolerate sin. And I don't want to see you die and go to hell. But the, Lord, or the world doesn't see it that way. And Peter, and we, we see he, he, despite his own, confidence in himself, he's following him afar off. And honestly, this is probably one of the most dangerous signs that we have to watch out for. Because in our own Christian walk, sometimes we, we say one thing. We try to be one thing. And, and we can come to church on Sundays, and we can put that mask on. We can come to church on Wednesdays, and we can put that mask on. We can come together for fellowship, and we can put that mask on, and we can say all the right things Uh, I I was raised in church, so I I mean, honestly, if you were to ask me some questions about the Bible, I could probably fumble through and give you some great verses to help you out. Um, But none of that really matters if we're not really following the Lord, if we're following Him afar off, and we're not as close as we try to pretend to be, then that's when we start finding comfort in things of the world. Uh, Because we we find out that we can put this mask on, and we can come around our Christian friends and our, our congregation here, we can put this mask on and we can pretend to be a great Christian. And then Monday through Friday, we can find comfort in the things of the world. These are the things that we must watch out for. They're, these are the signs that we must watch out for. Uh, one writer wrote like this. When a man has gone so far as to find comfort and convenience sitting in the camp of the enemy, his next step is denial. And if, if we think about that statement, the thing about it is, is that mask that we can put on And we can pretend in front of everybody here in this congregation tonight. And everybody here could believe it. But God really knows. God really knows how close you are to him. And God also knows how far apart you are from him as well. Um, And you might say out loud um, that, oh, I I believe in the Lord. I, I trust in the Lord. I'm following him with my life. But are you really? Um... One of the verses that Brother Brian uh, was talking about this morning, Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Do we really believe that? I mean, I, mean, I mean, as a church tonight, as individuals, I want you to think about that just for a second. Do we really believe that? Because we're coming upon a day and age, even here in the United States, that we're going to have to stand up for the word of God. We're not going to be given an option. And whenever it's just on the surface value that we're following the Lord, we will be found out. And this, this thing of backsliding, when we're following God from afar off, it is so easy to find comfort in the things of, of the world. And we, we see that Peter, um, we're using Peter as an example. I wouldn't say that Peter actually fully backslid, but he fell. He, he hit a stumbling block in his Christian walk. And that's what happens, is backsliding, like I said, it's not an overnight thing. We hit a stumbling block. And then we're like, well, I've already messed up. Let me go ahead and do something else that I shouldn't do. And then I'll ask forgiveness for it. And then you do something else, and you're like, you know, next Sunday I'll I'll get right. You know? Next Sunday I'll go up. Next Sunday comes around, and you've already done seven more things. That's wrong. And then it just spirals out of control. Um, I can tell you once again, speaking of my own life, uh, when, I was, when I was 12 years old, I was in, in a church and I, I came to know the Lord as my Savior. Uh, it was a youth rally. Uh, I, I've never been able to get in contact with the preacher that was preaching. I've tried many times, I can't find him. Uh, it was a Fruit Baptist church. And uh, I was sitting probably close to where these guys are sitting, probably the second pew back in that church. And I, I don't remember exactly what he preached. But I remember as this man named Dwayne Bryant preached, I remember the Lord convicted my heart so bad. Um, And at 12 years old, I knew that if I died that moment, I was going to go straight to a sinner's hell. And as I made my way forward that night, I don't remember the words I prayed. As a matter of fact, I, I remember saying two words as my heart just cried out to the Lord, and it was, I'm sorry, because I realized how much of a sinner I was. And the thing about it is, is we got through Thanksgiving and everything else, and I'm, I'm so thankful for a loving God because I know that that night I got saved, but I also know shortly after I ran as hard as I could from the Lord. By the time I was 15, I felt a calling in my life that the Lord wanted me to preach, and I said, well, I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want no part of that. Uh, so I did whatever I could to hide myself from the people of that church. Uh, I got out in the world. I did things that I could. Uh, just to make myself not appear like a Christian. But I can tell you that from the time I was 15 to the time I was 19, I lived the most miserable years of my life because I was saved. Once again, I never lost my salvation. I know for a fact I, I got saved that night. But I lost my fellowship with the Lord. And I lived a miserable existence because of what I was trying to fill my life with. Because I didn't want no part of the Lord. I didn't want what the Lord wanted for me. And I was in a state of backsliding. And it wasn't until I got into to my 20s and uh, until after I met my wife that I decided to rededicate my life to the Lord and I realized what I had been doing wrong. And that brings me to my last point. And that is, uh, there is a path to restoration. There is a path to restoration. See, we do have a loving, forgiving, caring God. Uh, when he died on the cross, he did die for all your sins, past, present, and future And I got news for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen from the Lord. It doesn't matter what you're doing with your life or what you're not doing with, with your life for the Lord because you can fix it. But you've got to make that first step. And if you're here tonight and up to this point, you're still thinking, well, this never has affected me. I've never been out of the will of the Lord. Don't get too boastful in yourself because Satan would love to see you fall. And if you're here tonight and you have fallen away from the Lord, I'm here to tell you there is a way to get back right with the Lord. Uh, I believe at this point, uh, we see how, how depressed this made Peter. Peter said, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. I'll die with you. Then he far, follows him afar off, not right next to him. And then after that, 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 uh, that rooster there crowed the last time, he, he wept. He said, oh Lord, you were right. And in our heart, we have to stop and we have to think, Lord, have I been following you close enough? Or am I? Am I finding comfort in things of the world? Um, If you take your Bibles, and I'll have you turn over to, to the book of John, chapter 21. This is after Jesus has died on the cross, he's been resurrected, and he's already shown himself to the disciples, and he's sitting there and he's he's with Peter. And I I believe that once again the Lord knew everything that was going to happen, that was going to transpire up to this point. And I believe that even when he went to go pray, that's why he came to Peter. And he doesn't he doesn't call out the other disciples that are asleep. He calls out Peter. He says, Simon, you couldn't stay awake for a little bit. It's almost like he said, now, you just told me you'd be by my side. You just told me you'd die with me, Peter, but here you are sleeping. All I ask you to do is come pray with me. And after all that transpires and uh, Christ has died and been resurrected, I believe that there was some of that guilt still lingering in Peter's life. Um, and see, that's the thing, is Satan loves it when we feel guilty because we can wallow in self-pity. And the, the more we wallow in self-pity, Uh, it keeps us from walking that walk with the Lord and staying farther away from the Lord. Um, But in uh, John 21, jumping down to verse 15, it says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him the second time, Simon, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself up, and walkest thither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. When he spoke in this, he saith unto him, follow me. I think this is one of the greatest stories of restoration we can find in the Bible. This is a man who walked side by side with Jesus, his entire earthly ministry. And as he's walking with him, he grows close to him. He considers Jesus a friend, his master. And Jesus looks at him and says, you'll deny me. Peter says, no, I won't, I'll die with you. And he not only d- doesn't follow him, he, he denies him three times. And I, I think it's, it's so fitting the way that the Lord did this. Peter denied him three times. What did Jesus do? Ask him three times. Thou lovest me? Then in verse 19, he says, then follow me. When we look at our Lord and Savior, after he has saved us, and we are his people, we are his children, it doesn't matter how bad we mess up, because he still loves us. And all he asks is, follow me. We can have restoration to God. If you're here tonight and you got saved and you stopped following the Lord with your life and you're not doing the things that you should, then understand that you are, if you're not already, getting close to this, this state of backslidden because it creeps in slow. And if you start finding comfort in things of the world, then you'll get farther and farther away from the Lord. Um, I believe that th- this all transpired in a short relative amount of time. And I believe that it was very great for Peter the way that the Lord allowed this to transpire because we see what happens with Peter's life. Uh, I believe that this this final time right here as, as Jesus is looking at him and he says, follow me, it was like that switch flipped in Peter's head. And he goes, yep, I'm gonna do it this time. You know, that's what it takes for us as Christians. If we're not living the way we should, We have to flip that switch and say, yep, I'm gonna do it. Nobody else can do it for you tonight. Nobody else can make that decision to follow the Lord. Now you can be here and you can be saved and you cannot be following the Lord. We need to make that decision. Backsliding is an unfortunate reality in some Christians' lives. However, we must remember that God is a God of restoration and he longs to have a relationship with us. He wants us to have that that kinship with him on a daily basis so tonight i'm going to have a, a piano player come if they would and um, we're just going to bow our heads and um, if you need to do business with the lord tonight i'm going to ask that you take this time i'm just going to have her play two verses of, of a song and as she plays those if, if you've if you've never accepted christ in your life first and foremost please, by all means, come and find somebody and we'll, we'll get you pointed in the right direction. If you need to, you come up here and I'll, I'll give you to somebody that can show you how to be saved. Um, but if you're a Christian and you're here tonight and maybe you're not fully following the Lord or maybe you're getting close to a backslidden position, understand that the Lord wants to restore you to him. He wants you living in a relationship with him. As she plays.